We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. We're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends. Each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of the soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. All narrated by Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's Always Cheating podcast. From Holland. Zlatan, Messi, and of course, Rapinho, and many more. Each episode will focus on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and check out Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends, wherever you get your podcasts. Blue Wire. Breaking news, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good, Terry Rozier! All right, what's up? And welcome to another Buzz Beat, your Charlotte Hornets podcast on the Blue Wire Network. I'll be joined by Brian and Spencer today, as well as an awesome guest. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our partners, betonline.ag. On today's pod, we are going to be bringing on NBA insider for NBC Sports, Tom Habistro. You can find him on Twitter at T O M H A B E R S T. R-O-H, and he also has a podcast with a nice little play on words here called The Haber Shrow, uh, and, and you can find that uh, on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. But Tom, thanks for coming on today, and, and how's everything going with you? Uh, things are great. Thanks for having me on. Um, I have a really a horrible um a horrible fetish with puns on my last name, apparently, <laughs> because I have The Haber Show podcast. I have The Haber Stat which is like my analytics weekly like video I do. I also have the Haberstrossage, which is a dish that I did. I know this is this might be PG-13. No, this is a dish that I did um, for Count the Dings, the podcast network uh-huh. that I co-founded. I did like a um, it outside my house in Charlotte. I did a little like five-minute tutorial on how to make these um, sausage this sausage dish that my parents taught me when I was a kid. And I decided to give it a name and I named it the Haberstrossage. And so it's on the count the dings feed at count the dings. If you want to watch me making fool of myself cooking out on the grill here in Charlotte, uh, go watch that. It's, it's pretty terrible. It's at, I'm proud of what I put together, but it's my first foray into uh, cooking. 
Tom really putting that that Wake Forest degree to good use too. So that is the, oh wait, I, where, what's Brian? What's your alma mater so that um, I can understand where this is coming from? I'm from I'm from I'm from Winston Salem, and hey. I, I, so I grew up a big Wake fan. And then when it came time to decide college, I didn't want to go to college in my hometown, so I went to NC State actually a little bit down the road where I still live in Raleigh. So oh, but nice. yeah, grew up a huge like like massive wake forest fan um which was a sickness that took me a little while to get over but i've, I've sort of eventually kicked the can on that um oh because i was gonna show you okay brian is a is a winston-salemite um my jersey over here that's signed by mugsy bogues wow, is a wake forest wake forest jersey so let me just yeah, yeah. give me a second here a number 14 it's an extra small right it's got, yeah, it's, it's gotta be, it is, uh, uh, Zach Lowe was talking about this in a recent podcast, but the fact that he was five, wow. three, wow, wow. Look at that beauty. It's got it framed and everything. Look at that. Yeah. The this, old this, Wake, Wake Forest, like true yellow. I know yeah. they call that gold, but that looks yellow to me. Yeah. The old gold, man. Old That's gold it. and black, Muggsy yeah. Bogues, signed by Tyrone. Um, I got this from my brother-in-law for a birthday gift and it is my most proud possession that i have That's so awesome. not only is this a wake forest connection here but a charlotte yeah. hornet legend yes <laughs> in a in a denizen of charlotte as are uh, the rest of you guys too which is uh which is cool so yeah muggsy's a legend i grew up going to his basketball camp out in forsyth county and um and yeah i mean he's one of the certainly the pillars of that program so glad to see glad to get a mugsy dropped on like a, on a crossover episode here with wake and the hornets <laughs> well well speaking of charlotte tom and before we get into some basketball discussion i wanted to get your thoughts on on some of your favorite spots to eat in charlotte I, obviously now's not the time to go around and experiment uh with everything that's going on but do you have any like hidden gyms or, or go-tos that you always go to a lot uh to eat oh man that's a great question um so I, I am really worried about the restaurants here in Charlotte because just the, the COVID uh, pandemic and it's so hard for, for restaurants in town. Um, some places that I go to, uh, I live in Elizabeth, so I'm pretty much on the line of Plaza Midwood. So I love walking over to Seoul Gastro Lounge um, for just, it's a great spot. Uh, it's cool. It's, there's a giant peacock on the wall. They have DJs every once in a while to give you kind of this like loungy feel. It's really good food. Um, also really like uh, just down the street is Midwood's, Midwood yep. Smokehouse, which is kind of an institution here in Charlotte. Um, also a big fan of the beer stores that we have in town. So whether it's hop shop or whether it's, um, shout out to salute over there in Noda, uh, Jason, Jason does an amazing, amazing job there. And they've got lots of Hornet stuff on the walls. Um, if you ever like want to go on a nostalgia uh, just nostalgia of like 90s just walk you don't even have to like alcohol just go to salute um the beer store there and it is is incredible huh not, i'm not heard of that place so i'll definitely uh check it out but uh let's let's shift our focus to the hornets and i'm sure you don't have the opportunity to talk about them a ton on a national <laughs> stage um and they've probably gotten some flack in recent years about how they've drafted but having said that the past couple of years under cup check uh they seem to 
you know, have found some success in, in the drafting department, having drafted PJ Washington and Cody Martin. And then uh, a couple years ago, they drafted Miles Bridges and Devontae Graham. From a national perspective and your perspective, what is kind of like the overall stance of where the Hornets are and what direction they're at um, as an organization? Do people think that they're, you know, several years away or do they just feel like uh, it's going to be five, six, seven years down the road before they can even, you know, form a team that's competitive? Yeah, I think because of how good James Brago has done, I don't know your guys' uh, personal Im Im impressions mm -hmm. of him, but I really like the way he's improved the shot selection of the team. Um, I really like the way how hard these guys play. The defense needs to be improved, but I don't think they have as much perimeter stoppers as as you need um, to do that. I mean, Devontae Graham has had an, out, uh, an outstanding three-point shooting um, breakout season there. Needs to really work on his finishing. I've talked to JB, uh, the coach, a while about that. Um, but there's some, there's some bright spots on this team. Um, is anyone on this roster – someone that you can point to and say future all-star, I think they're still searching for that player. I think PJ Washington is my favorite prospect on the team. Um, I think he's got to improve his rebounding a little bit more, but I think that'll come through. I think at Kentucky, when he was at Kentucky, he uh, showed a lot. He was way more versatile on the Charlotte Hornets team than I expected him to be. And, and what I watched a lot, my wife is a big UK fan. So I watched a lot of, um, uh, PJ at college. And I just, I think he's got more to his game than what he showed this year, even more than what he showed. So um, I think that there's some really nice pieces and Cody, uh, the Martin twins, the, the brothers there are just, they're, they're fun to watch. Uh, I think there's a lot of diamonds in the rough on this team. They just got to find that all-star. And I don't know who is the most likely, but I think probably PJ uh, in my book, just because he's still what, 21 years old, Devonte Graham had a great season, but I think, uh, PJ might have the, the biggest upside. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? Bet Online has future odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Well, speaking of Devontae, real quickly, you know, he's been like, one of the biggest surprises in the league this season. He's going to be in the conversation for the most improved player award. Uh, you mentioned his shooting and he struggles at the rim, but he's, he's also a great playmaker for this team, averaging, I think, like eight assists per game. But uh, question for you is in terms of like his overall outlook, do you view this guy as a starter or could he be a starter on a playoff team or is he more of like a, a rotational piece on the bench? Oh, that's a great question. I think... I said this about Kemba Walker too, and I was so wrong about this, but I always saw Kemba as more of a Jamal Crawford off the bench, just super scorer off the bench. Cause he just wasn't efficient enough. And then he became like the best uh, pick and roll 
uh, off the dribble, pull up three point shooter, not named Stephen Curry. Like that was incredible development from Kemba Walker. And I think Devontae Graham needs to become more efficient, not just with, I mean, he's got that pull up three pointer down, but for me, in order for him to be kind of a Damian Lillard prototype, he's got to get to more efficient area or a much better at finishing around the rim. Um, and if he can just kind of, uh, get a little bit sharper inside the arc, he is going to be a frontline starter at the point, at the point guard position, no doubt about it. Um, but I do think that in my book, he, he kind of feels more of like a, a stud 20 point scorer off the bench, like a Spencer Dinwiddie or mm-hmm. something like that, where he's a, he can top out as a borderline all-star, but man, he, like Lou Williams, like that kind of bucket getter, I think, the fact that they found that in Devonte Graham right. as late as they drafted is a huge win. Yeah. I mean, he was, what else can you say about Devonte? He, he was, he was incredible uh, this season and, and really drastically changed, you know, w- you know, what looks like to be the arc of, uh, of his career here, regardless of whether he, you know, matures as, you know, bench microwave scorer, or, you know, a full-time starter eventually. Um, but we also, you also mentioned Tom uh, PJ Washington a second ago. We saw, a lot of versatility from PJ this year, especially the pick and roll, pick and pop, passing out of the post. Hell, he even handled uh, at, on, a, on a couple, on a handful of pick and roll possessions too. He initiated the offense too. And I think about a year ago when we, you know, were just after the draft in 2019, people thought of PJ as maybe a little more conventional of a pick, uh, perhaps a, you know a, a nice solid uh, floor as a prospect, but a lower ceiling and maybe even some potential fit issues with Miles Bridges. Um, in terms of team building as a franchise that's focused on harvesting assets and development, you know, what should Charlotte's draft needs look like as they're again, trying to sort of reset in the post Kemba Walker era, should Charlotte look to swing for home runs every year in the draft as a franchise that, you know, the only way they're going to acquire a superstar is, is via the draft most likely, or, you know, is there some real, real value in just drafting good, solid rotation players that maybe you can use as assets for a trade or just to have those guys in place for if and when you do draft sort of like the A1 star? Yeah, you know, I thought that PJ was more conventional than I would have liked in that slot this past year. I was proven wrong. He was a lot better than I expected and a lot more versatile than I expected. He reminds me a lot of Bam Adebayo from Kentucky, a big man who was filling a need for Kentucky. And then when you, this happens a lot at Kentucky's when they leave Kentucky, they, they show a lot more skill than what they were pigeonholed to be in Calipari system. Now, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, there are limits to this theory, but um, you know, I love, I love what uh, PJ did this season and and you're right. The passing, the shooting, especially his ability to shoot um, from downtown was something I, I did not see much out of Kentucky. He had a nice stroke, but I just didn't think he had it that far. So um, with regard to this, this summer, they need to swing for the fences. Again, this team needs to find their future also, their franchise cornerstone. And hitting a single, hitting a double, I don't think is going to set this team uh, dramatically in, in the place that they want to be. They need to find you know, their, their Muggsy Bogues. They need to find Kemba Walker. They need to find their Larry Johnson, their Alonzo Mourning, these guys who uh, are, are – all-star type players that you can build around. So I, in my opinion, going for more high upside international guys, 
I don't think they need to feel like, wait, we did that with Bismack Biombo and it didn't quite work out. We need to go more Frank Kaminsky and get a more like polished college guy. Don't think you need to do that. I think you need to go for more, um, you know, Bam Adebayo took a few years in Miami to really figure it out. And now you're seeing all-star, a guy that everyone wants to build around. And that took a couple years. So I think, uh, I like what I see from PJ Washington, but I do think that they should go for, I mean, everyone says Giannis and Adekupa, but like more, uh, outside the box, taking more, more of a flyer in that eighth slot that they're projected at. Alexei Pukusevsky, uh, come on down to Charlotte here. <laughs> you said it. I didn't. I don't. <laughs> yeah, right. No, uh, I, I like, I actually like Puko a good bit as a, as a prospect, but, um, Speaking of young prospects, uh, Miles Bridges. He actually turned 22 just back in March. He's Miles is actually a little younger than uh, than I had, than I had sort of like remembered in my head. But um, his role changed a bit this year. Uh, more with the basketball in his hands. No longer sort of playing off this advantage of, of Kemba's gravity as you know a, a monster pick and roll engine. Um, and you know, really his rookie year really just sort of like a spot up. Uh, closeout beater. Um, however, his defense, despite maybe some sort of like modest uh, late season improvements, you know, it really struggled. Third worst on the roster in defensive PIPM. Um, in terms of luck adjusted defensive rating, Charlotte nearly four points worse for 100 possessions with Miles on the floor. Um, look, I don't want to be premature and sound too many alarms. Like Miles is, you know, he's, he's still really young. Great athlete, plays hard, um, you know, like has like an okay shot profile offensively. But just in terms of like the team defense, what's the level of concern here with, with Miles? Because if he's going to settle in as like a 3 and D guy, you know, there's going to need to be some improvements on, on the defensive end of the floor. I haven't seen that guy yet. I haven't seen the three and D guy. Right. Uh, we throw around that term a lot, but um, I think he still needs to dedicate himself a lot more on that end of the floor. And I know discipline is a big thing. When you see in the NBA, you want guys to really focus on that end of the floor. And we haven't seen it night to night with miles bridges. And I think actually a change of scenery might help someone like him where with PJ Washington, you don't really know like who's the three, who's the four and that kind of competition and that kind of, uh, confusion about identity on a team can really throw you off mentally. And I think um, what you don't want to have happen in Charlotte, and this happens in a small market um, is you don't want to hold on to a guy for too long before you lose that trades trade value. You saw it with Frank Kaminsky. You saw it with a couple other guys who have come through where you're just hoping that they're going to nail it, that it's all going to come together. And then by the time you realize that it's not going to come together, it's already too late. And so with Miles Bridges, I almost feel like not that they need to shop him, but if there was a deal to be had for Miles Bridges where some other team saw his athleticism and his ability um, as a basketball player offensively and felt like, hey, defensively, we can fix some of these issues. I think you need to pounce on that if you're if you're Charlotte, not just because you get value in return, but also it kind of solidifies things for P.J. Tom, I want to shift gears here and talk about this second bubble idea. You, you tweeted last week um, maybe the, something that suggested this might not happen. So two-part question here. What do you see as the biggest obstacles in this plan uh, that actually make it a reality? And then the second part, do you think that the NBA has a – responsibility to these eight teams that weren't invited to Orlando to give them some kind of uh, competitive concept before the beginning of next season. Yeah, Spencer, I think so. I think they do. Uh, they have to do something for, for these uh, as John Hollander called it, the delete eight. Um, 
it's my favorite nickname of all time. Um, <laughs> Delete Eight is up there, man. It is it is a great nickname. Um, the the issue I have is we don't even know if this bubble number one is going to work. And they're already making plans to to put together a second bubble. I think we need to really pump the brakes here. And this is what I've heard from several people around the league is the report was um, was a little too, uh, I don't know, out in front. Um, I think there are discussions. I had heard from various sources that this was spearheaded by the GM of the Atlanta Hawks and the Cleveland Cavaliers were really pushing this idea. Kobe Altman from uh, Cleveland mm. and uh, Travis Schlank from Atlanta Hawks is that they're really pushing for some sort of competition for these eight teams. They were thinking about Minneapolis. They were thinking about Detroit and Chicago. And I, I know why they want to do this is because nine months without these prospects mm. getting on the floor is really, it's a, it's a really big problem for them. I don't think having a bubble concept really is going to be realistic. I really don't. I think what they need to think about is having regional Atlanta versus Charlotte, um, Minnesota versus Detroit, uh, Chicago versus what, what have you. I mean, uh, Cleveland, like have those where they can really secure just those two teams and have just like four games. Right. I think that's a, like have a mini camp, a joint mini camp at a hotel where they can really control things. Having eight teams fly in uh, and secure a location in downtown Chicago. Look, I've been to downtown Chicago. I I like Chicago so much. I don't want to be stuck in a hotel like this idea of the Orlando bubble. Like it makes sense on Disney campus because you can do stuff. It's got its own secure campus Mm -hmm. and you don't feel like you're constricted to your hotel room. Whereas if you're in downtown Chicago, I kind of feel like it just from a health standpoint, a safety standpoint to protect these players and just from an, uh, from a expenditure standpoint, I just think it's too risky. Uh, I'd be much more comfortable with Charlotte driving four hours to Atlanta or meeting halfway in green. What is the halfway point between Atlanta and Charlotte? I was going to say Greenville, South Carolina. Does that make any sense? Yeah, Greenville, Spartanburg, somewhere down there. There's got to be like a fireworks emporium somewhere off the side of (laughs) I-85 where they can can get a court in there and and have guys. uh, South of the border have a a basketball. Oh, oh God. That would actually make it – that would actually maybe attract some national attention if if they went down and played played some hoops down there, honestly. I I just think that makes more – not – the south of the border, right, right, right. Uh, but I do think that like having it, what's good about this is that there are some regions here that could make sense. And the Warriors, from what I gather, aren't really on board with this idea because they're kind of in a weird yeah. spot. They've got championship aspirations next season. The other teams don't, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. they don't realistically have it. So like I can imagine Minnesota and, um, and Detroit linking up Chicago and Cleveland, Atlanta and Charlotte, mm-hmm. then Knicks and Warriors. I mean, whatever. I, I mean, do the Knicks even care at this point? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, if a team really doesn't want to participate, then that that that's fine. That solves the issue. But the NBA, yeah. and that's why I ask you. They, I'm glad to hear you say that you think they do have responsibility to these teams mm-hmm. because I think that's. It feels like that's an unpopular opinion, but I've been trying to hammer that home since the Orlando announcement. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to have a draft that tries to, uh, imp- you know, level out the playing field for small markets. Uh, I think you also have a duty to make sure that you're not setting back these teams even more. Um, this is disproportionately hurting re- rebuilding teams. This bubble is is not only are they not playing for nine months, it's that these players are guys who need to be playing because this is their developmental time. And I know Kevin Pelton, who I have the highest respect for, has done a study on this mm-hmm. um, that says, like, actually playing um, uh, doesn't seem to be – playing games like you talk about Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons, guys who took years off. Or Harry Giles might even be another example. It doesn't seem like they are set back because they didn't play basketball for a year. But I think as a team mm-hmm. – that is really hard for coaches like James Borrego to overcome is that you're not able to have these guys on, uh, you know, all the way with you in terms of an organizational developmental culture aspect without some sort of competition. Now I'll throw this other thing out there for you guys. If you could have a one-on-one, I've thrown this idea out there, one-on-one tournament or a one-on-one basketball mono mono showcase that Trey Young was going to play any Charlotte Hornet one-on-one. Who do you think is going to be the best chance to beat Trey Young in one-on-one? Wow. Uh, maybe. Devante? I mean, honestly, maybe. Well, you might go, you can go big. You can go, I don't know. Yeah, Devante. I mean, I, I Devante's got a good chance because he's, he's going to make Trey work for his buckets. He's very similar. Well, They're very similar. Yeah, I mean, there's the, it's like Devontae versus Trey, whoever gets the ball first, if it's make it, take it, is <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably yeah. going to win win that one. Not a whole lot of defense. Yeah. Uh, among those uh, among those two. Um, now, I will say this. I would like to see Malik Monk in that experience or in mm-hmm. that experiment just to – because he made yeah. some strides very, very quietly late in, in February before his suspension. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to put him on an island against Trey Young and just see, okay, let's see how far you actually have come. Because I think yeah. the Warriors actually have a decision with him. He's extension eligible. That's kind of floating below the radar. Yeah, yeah. Another guy where it just it, – you don't want to wait too long before you, you – don't know what you have and it's just suddenly you're like oh man we could have sold high on him but right now you're kind of selling low because you just after that suspension yeah. um, he had an up and down year he came on strong at the end but i don't know how much value he has around the league yeah i feel like you know it's assuming they get to have these these sort of like off-season mini camps you know it's tough that there won't you know the hornets can't like include their their draft pick in any way their draft picks i should say in any way shape or form so you know what getting to see monk play again uh, more uh, in a in a controlled environment, I'm guessing is something. And Spencer, you've brought this up before too that the team would be really interested in, in in seeing. I think I think when you look at the the roster, you need to. I, I almost think you should try to consolidate three solid prospects for maybe one upset borderline all star player who's just like kind of bummed out where they're at. Um, I don't know who that player is. Um, but I like whether I don't, I don't really believe in Andre Jumman, but kind of that caliber player where it's like, if he changes scenery and he, and he gets it together, you got an all-star, you maybe trade three quarters for a dollar. Um, and hoping that, you know, with the solid players that James Borrego has done, uh, building up these prospects into something that are, that there are like a lot of really solid rotation players on this team. Maybe you can trade uh, a few of them uh, for a, a potential star who's just on the outs with their team. Well, and that was, and I know you got to go Tom. That was kind of going to be the last question is the Hornets have likely three draft picks coming up this off season. They've got 
probably a low watermark of $20 million in cap space, high watermark of 27. We'll see where the cap lands. Um, and then they've got Cody Zeller is probably the most attractive trade asset and a $15 million expiring. So of those three avenues, they can go any three they want to really build this roster. Well, they're going to make three draft picks. So I should ask for the other two, the trade or free agency, where do you see them striking to try to bolster this roster this summer or not this summer or this off season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is crazy to think that like it's still weird. Yeah. Yeah. July 7th, right? I mean, it's just nuts. Um, there should be, there should be free agency in summer league happening. Like, right right now yeah you uh, the zion yeah. earthquake or whatever yeah happened yesterday a year ago um yeah. so i think they've just i think the charlotte hornets should have done this a year ago um i think they just needed to invest in every great scout in the world and just try to find try to find the um the the best assets for uh draft sorry my sister's calling and i'm gonna mute that just go all in on the draft like Mm -hmm. when you're charlotte that is that and medical there's no salary cap on medical side so like injury prevention Mm -hmm. and just trying to just bolster your sports science like that stuff there's just no salary cap on that and so for for me if i'm charlotte i i try to find the studs in the draft. Um, you look at Milwaukee where they were five years ago. You look at Toronto, how many great players they have through the draft. Like mm-hmm. that's the pipeline they got to go double down in. They're not yeah. going to be able to attract the free agents. So they got to invest in, in, in finding and developing talent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Mitch Kupchak has said it best. He he's, he's looking through the draft. He's looking through player development and he's not going to be someone that, you know, feels like he needs to spend that $20 million in cap space this, this off season. So uh, we wanted to thank you again for joining us, Tom, go ahead and tell our listeners where they can find you and your work online. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, and thank you for spelling out my name at the top because that's a huge problem. At Tom Haberstrow on Twitter, uh, or NBCSports.com slash Haberstrow. And you can follow, I do a Top Chef podcast, recap podcast that's actually mm-hmm. at Pack Your Knives. It's at the Count the Things Network. So, um, Thank you so much for having me, and I wish I had another hour to be with you guys. But anytime you guys need me, just uh, just hit me up. Really, really excited to uh, talk. Not, I mean, I get tired talking about the same LeBron Giannis storylines. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually refreshing to talk about something different. Yeah, we we figured with your connection to Charlotte, you, you might want to talk about the Hornets a little bit, a little bit. I know they're not yeah. the most exciting organization here, but uh, yeah, thank thanks again, Tom. Hey, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to show Muggsy Bogues' jersey on, yes, on a show. Yes, very, very exciting. All right, uh, thanks, thanks, fellas. Tom. Have a good one, yeah. man. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody up. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2 nil and he's... From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.